I'm Carrie Thompson, and you're listening to Playback, where this month we take a shortcut through 1988, a retrospective of the past year. I really don't remember too much about this past year. Well, now we'll do the remembering for you. For only three easy payments, we'll bring you the best stories from NPR's deep archives from 25 years ago, like this one. About a thousand points of light. And the ozone layer. Not to mention. Senator, you're no Jack Kennedy. Good times, right? This month on Playback, composer Mel Torme reveals how he discovered the lyrics to the now famous Christmas song. And so I walked into his house and saw these couplets chestnuts roasting on an open fire, Jack Frost nipping at your nose, yuletide carols being sung by a choir, etc., etc. And if that isn't festive enough, we'll have the NPR players performing Wizard Crystal, an original holiday radio drama. You won't want to miss Carl Castle and Susan Stamberg singing in the Frog Chorus. Can you name these famous voices? Excuse me, buddy. What? I have to get to court. I need to know the time. The time, the time. I feel like I spend hours every day giving strangers the time. Just press rewind for this holiday time warp edition of Playback. Here it is, a quick walk through a long year by producer Peter Beauchamp. I want a kinder and gentler nation. It's the president who defines the character of America. What if all of us in the world discovered that we were threatened by an outer a power from outer space, from another planet? I have sinned against you, my Lord. And I would ask that your precious blood I said I came here with clean, beautiful hands. Now they're dirty. Of course the vice president's questioning my patriotism. I don't think there's any question about that. And I resent it. Jack Kennedy was a friend of mine. Senator, you're no Jack Kennedy. Wonder who said that. Whoever you are tonight, I challenge you to hope and the dream. Don't submerge your dreams. Somebody told us what we wanted to be. Democracy works even in an election year. It was candy for the mind. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not. Look behind and you'll see it was circusy. It's in the judge's hands. There it is, a perfect ten and as it was. It was high, diddle, diddle. It was cat in the fiddle. Today's speech by Mr. Gorbachev was safe as can be. It was right down the middle. It was fantasy. Fantasy alone. It was everything we ever wanted. We must look for ways. It was that and so much more. Shortcuts. A shortcut through 1988, a retrospective of the past year. I really don't remember too much about this past year. Um, 1988, what happened? Um, I'm like that other guy, I, I, I just don't remember. Today 
is Pearl Harbor Day. 47 years ago to this very day, we were hit and hit hard at Pearl Harbor. And we were not ready. In a Bush administration, that lesson would not be forgotten. The, the thing that I, I like the most this year that happened with politics, when Bush had this press conference and he made a mistake and he was trying to say Reagan and I have had some success. And he said Reagan and I have had some sex. Right. And everybody froze, you know, and I was really disappointed in the American press because there was no follow-up questions. You know, who was on top? What's it say? It's a little song I wrote. You might want to sing it note for note. Don't worry. Be happy. The landlord say your rent is lit. He may have to litigate. Don't worry. <laughs> Be happy. Look at me. I'm happy. I have a question for Senator Coyle. Senator, since coming to the Senate, you have voted against environmental protection legislation about two-thirds of the time. These include votes against pesticide controls, the toxic waste superfund, and health and safety protection from nuclear wastes. Senator, do you consider yourself an environmentalist? And if you do, how do you reconcile that with your voting record? I have a very strong record on the environment in the United States Senate. The ozone is the worst that it's been since July of 1983. What has happened, a big area of high pressure extends almost five to six miles up into the atmosphere. It is blocking everything else out from it. And so what is happening now, we are getting that buildup of the heat and humidity and the pollution. And as the sun comes down the regular garbage. The head of the Greater New York Hospital Association acknowledges the fines, but says there is no connection with the medical debris. It's washed up on shore and floated in the ocean this summer. This hits home. Beach, yeah. Vials. We went, we went vial hunting on the yeah, beach where we lived. we live on the beach. They closed her. She was swimming in it. And then they made me get out, too. Yeah, she was out playing in Private contractors are hauling your waste. Without tough laws dealing with biological refuse, you have no idea where it's ending up. What happens to this hospital's garbage isn't my responsibility. St. Allegis was a fifth stop on my sanitation collection route. One morning last fall, I arrived to find some kids playing in the dumpster with a carelessly discarded bag filled with needles and blood. That shouldn't happen. Well, it did. And that's when I hopped off the truck for good and woke up to the world trash epidemic. We've all got to take the leap sometime. The ozone layer. What hap what's happening with you? You mean to tell me all those Big Macs are caused this summer because of all the little packages that we've been putting them in? I don't know. I say send the bill to McDonald's. Once there were parking lots, now it's a peaceful oasis. You got it, you got it. This was but don't despair. Be as wise as my grandma. Pull the patches and the pieces together. Bound by a common thread. When we form a great quilt of unity and common ground, We'll have the power to, to bring about health care and housing and jobs and education and hope to our nation. We're the people can win. You get a fast car. I want to get to anywhere. Maybe we make a deal. Maybe together we can get somewhere. Any place is better. Starting from zero, got nothing to lose Maybe we'll make something Me, myself, I got nothing to prove Get a house and 
live the dream. We had jobs when we were here. Uh, we lost our jobs when we became homeless. You get a fast car. I got a plan to get us out of here. Been working at the convenience store. Managed to save just a little bit of money. Won't have to drive too far. Just across the border and into the city. You and I can both get jobs. Finally see what it means to be living. Mr. Vice President, in a debate during the Republican primaries, you said most of the nation's homeless are suffering from mental illness. You get a fast car. Is it fast enough so we can fly away? You gotta make a decision. Leave tonight or live and die this way. The government has a role. I want to see, when I talked at our, at our convention about a thousand points of light, is it government? I remember when we were that atmospheric retrospective produced by Peter Beauchamp. And now we enter into the holiday portion of our program with the story behind the Christmas song. Here's Susan Stamberg. Mel Torme, do you know Irving Berlin's lyric to the verse of White Christmas? Yes, I do. I recorded that with the Meltones. Sun is shining, the grass is green, the orange and palm trees sway. There's never been such a day in Beverly Hills, L.A., but it's December the 24th, and I am longing to be up north. That's, this, the, that's, that's the verse. That's the verse of White Christmas, yeah. the all-time Christmas classic except for Mel Torme's The Christmas Song, which had its genesis in a very similar way, didn't it? Yeah, it did, because it's funny that you mentioned that, because when Bob and I wrote that song in 45, it really was just a four-line couplet that Bob had written because he was sweltering in the July heat of 1945. It was one of the hottest summers there had been. Absolutely, and he lived in the San Fernando Valley. If it's 80 degrees, let's call it 85 degrees in L.A. and Beverly Hills, it's 95 in the valley. It's always 10 degrees hotter. And so I walked into his house this day because we wrote together every day and saw this, these couplets, chestnuts roasting on an open fire, Jack Frost nipping at your nose, right on down to folks dressed up like Eskimos. Sitting on, on the piano? Just sitting on the pe- piano on a spiral pad written in very light pencil. And when he came down, I said, what's this all about? And he said, uh, I was so hot today, this was like an experiment. I wanted to write about a totally different time of the year and see if it would for some crazy reason, mentally cool me off. And I looked at him and said, hey, this, uh, this could be a song maybe. In 45 minutes, that song was written. And there's a good story in the book, which I'd, I'd rather leave to the reader, uh, about Nat Cole's first record and a mistake that he made on the first recording. People don't realize it. The record that they now hear of Nat Cole singing the Christmas song, the famous record, is really the second rendition that he made of it. Because he had to correct something, and I'll let them read that. Oh, I have to give it away. What he had to correct was he he, uh, was singing uh, to see if reindeers really know how to fly. You and you caught it <laughs> Now, see, now hey, I, listen, I can hear a lot of albums. people out there saying, well, now we don't have to buy the, the book. <laughs> no, it's all right. There's other things to read in the book. But but somebody heard it said, that's not the plural. Yeah, actually, we heard it. Bob and I heard it and said, whoa, whoa, play that again. And when we heard him sing Reindeers, now, by the way, Nat was a very bright man, very well-spoken, had a good vocabulary. He was mortified that he had done that. He just, you know, he just, he did it out of the, uh, out of a natural mistake in the studio. Mm -hmm. So he went back in and re-recorded it. Mm -hmm. And by the way, those first records that he made of it, 
with reindeers instead of reindeer are, have become collector's items. They, they sell for about 50 bucks now. That song, is uh, did that uh, overtake Berlin's uh, White it Christmas? It did in 1956. We wrote it in 45. It came out in 46. It took 10 years for what they call the Peatman Sheet to finally record the fact that the Christmas song that year beat White Christmas. Gee. And then we have had... It's been nip, tuck, tuck, and nip. <laughs> One year it's the Christmas song, the next year it's White Christmas. We've, we've just uh, we've sort of played uh, tail chase uh, to each other all these years. Yeah. It's a song you could send a lot of kids to college on, probably. That's how successful Absolutely. it was. For, how is it possible it took you 45 minutes to write that thing? Because some songs just flow. You know, they, there's an old gag about, well, the song really wrote itself. It doesn't write itself. You write it. But there are times when Bob and I would write a song that would take days to write, and then we would eventually crumple it and throw it in a wastebasket and say, nah, look, if it's this tough, that means it's not supposed to be written. And there were other songs, like the Christmas songs, that song that uh, literally flowed. As I, That's the only word I can think of. It just flowed out of us. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire Jack Frost nipping at your nose Yuletide carols being sung by a choir And folks dressed up like Eskimos Everybody knows a turkey and some mistletoe Help to make the season bright Tiny little tots with their eyes all aglow Will find it hard to sleep tonight they know that Santa's on his way He's loaded lots of toys and goodies on his sleigh And every mother's child is gonna spy To see if reindeer really know how to fly so I'm offering this simple phrase To kids from one to ninety-two Though it's been said many times, many ways Merry Christmas to you Love and joy come to you And to you your carol too And God bless you and send you A happy new year And God send you a happy new And now I'm going to put in a special request for that Happy New Year for cowboy poet Baxter Black. He's listening to carols, but singing the cowboy blues. All my clothes are laundry, 
All my socks are full of holes. I've got TP in my hat band and cardboard in my soles. I stuffed the want-ad section underneath my long john shirt, and my jacket's held together by dehorning blood and dirt. And the leather on my bridle's been fixed so many times, my horse looks like that fence post where we hang the baler twine. I've been unable lately to invest in purebred cows since my ex-wives and their lawyers are dependents of mine now. See, my first wife took my saddle, and the second skinned my hide, and the third one got my deer head, and the last one took my pride. I've had to run a bad luck, but I think it's going to peak, because my dog that used to bite me got run over just last week. So all I want for Christmas is whatever you can leave, but I'd settle... For a new wife who would stay through New Year's Eve. And now, here it is, the NPR Players... Starring as frogs and other creatures in the radio drama Wizard Crystal. Here's Robert Siegel to set it up. We figured the week before Christmas is no holiday. It's a time for cooking and cards and courtesies. Traffic gets terrible, clogged with holiday travelers and last-minute shoppers. The weather is the worst of the year. And there's a special kind of anxiety which seizes people just before a big holiday as they prepare to see their extended families, or their intended families, or as they prepare to spend the holiday alone. The week before Christmas is just awful. We called a wise man we know, and he told us that this is a good time for a story. Not necessarily about something, just a story. So he wrote one for us. His name is Daniel Pinkwater, and we think you may need this. We know that we do. There were some frogs in a pond. All the frogs were happy. There was enough to eat. There were logs and lily pads to sit on. No danger ever came to that pond. I really love this pond. I wouldn't live anywhere else. It's close to transportation. But who'd want to go anywhere? There's decent entertainment if you're a frog. There's tolerance for frogs of all kinds. It's a good place to raise tadpoles. And there's an aesthetic quality you get in very few neighborhoods. At night, the frogs would sing. Their voices would carry over the smooth water. In the pond, at the very bottom, was a magic crystal. The frogs did not know it was magic, but they liked it very much. It made them happy to swim down and see the crystal shining and sparkling. It made them happy to take care of the crystal and keep it free of weeds and moss. It made them happy just to think about their wonderful crystal. Been down to see the crystal today? Yeah. Heck of a thing, isn't it? Sure is. Yep. 
Yep. Mm-hmm. There was a wizard living near. He had been sitting in one place for 102 years, reading a book of magic. It was a hard book, full of secrets. The wizard was looking for the secret of being happy. This wizard had been unhappy every day for the past 307 years, and he was tired of it. What's the point, I ask myself, of being a wizard if I'm going to be depressed all the time? Years of study, working in the middle of the night, going around wearing a conical hat and being laughed at, all the time miserable. Everybody's happier than me. My brother is happier than me, and he's a dentist. All right, we should knock. Deck the halls with boughs of holly. Fa la 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 la. Oh, fooey. Is it Christmas time again? Now there'll be those blasted trick or treaters or whatever they are. More aggravation. Now what? Hello. Colonel Bob, this is Red Barber down in Tallahassee, Florida. Oh, look, you've got a wrong number, Mr. No, I've been calling you on this number every Friday morning for. Almost eight years, Colonel Bob. Look, mister, I'm, I'm not any colonel. I'm, I'm a wizard. Oh, ho. Get off the line. I've really got to go. I'm, I'm looking for the secret to being happy. Oh, well, you have just gotten in contact with the right man. It's taken me quite a while to discover the secret of being happy. You know, on our Friday morning shows for years, I've been complaining about the squirrels eating up all of their bird seeds. And uh, it, it distressed me. It, it upset me in no end. And a lot of people from all over the country have been sending me advice and pages of catalogs and this, that, and the other. But, but now I'm free and clear and completely happy. I have discovered the secret. You just buy enough bird seed to feed both the squirrel and the birds. Are you kidding? One day... He read in his book of magic about a miraculous crystal. He read that whoever has the crystal will always be happy. So the wizard made up his mind that he would find the crystal. Aha! Eureka! This is what I need. This crystal will cheer me up for sure. All I have to do is locate the little devil and my problem is solved. Meanwhile, back at the pond... Nice fly over there, huh? Gosh, I love this place. The wizard set out to find the crystal. Oh, no. It's one of those beggars in Santa suits you see everywhere this time of year. Oh, well, here's a nickel, buddy. I can spare a coin while I search for the secret to happiness. Happy. But haven't you learned yet that happiness is a sham? Those who see themselves as happy are like flies trapped between a fur coat and a snowball. Happiness is a lie made by people who have never read poetry. Well, I guess he doesn't have the magic crystal. A crystal shop. Full of customers, too. Funny, I never noticed this place before. Excuse me, miss, you people sell these crystals? We find them homes. Are you, like, contemplating a crystal as a gift for a loved one? Yeah, my most loved one. Me. I'm interested in a crystal that has the power to make its owner happy. 
Well, we have crystals that help you align cosmic forces, crystals that help deflect negative emanations, crystals that will suck all the arthritis out of your bones, crystals that will help you attract your ideal mate, and crystals that will get rid of cellulite. I'm a wizard, lady. I can do all that stuff. I want a crystal that'll make me happy. Like, I don't know a particular crystal that will do that, okay? Maybe you'd like to take the beginner's assortment of crystals for healing and meditation. Boy, it's amateurs like you that give my profession a bad name. You know, you're putting out negative vibrations. Very inappropriate for the season. <laughs> Excuse me, buddy. What? I have to get to court. I need to know the time. Nobody else in here seems to believe in wearing a watch. The time, the time. I feel like I spend hours every day giving strangers the time. Come on, buddy. Oh. It's 19 minutes past the hour. Meanwhile, back at the pond. Gosh, this pond water is refreshing. And it complies with government clean water standards. This is a nice place. The wizard could see that finding the crystal would not be easy. The woman in the crystal shop didn't know what he was talking about, and the book of magic did not say where it was. The dealer said this magic carpet would carry me to any object I thought about, but when I sit here on the carpet and think about the magic crystal, nothing happens. The carpet just lies here like a, like a rug. It's a lemon. I'm calling those flying carpet guys on the radio. It's time now for Warp and Woof, the Magliazzi brothers Tom and Ray, who join us every Sunday on NPR's Weekend Edition with solutions to your transportation problems. Hello, gentlemen. How are you? (laughs) (laughs) Warp and Woof. (laughs) Well, as usual, listen, we have a caller on the line. His name is Mr. Wizard, and he's joining us from a town near a forest. Mr. Wizard? Yes, here I am. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. I watched you when I was a kid, Mr. Wizard. Well, then maybe you can help me with this problem I have. Got this okay. flying carpet. Won't yeah. fly. Mm-hmm. What do you... I mean, have you, have you tried turning the key? What key? It's a flying carpet. Flying carpets have keys? No, the <laughs> ignition look, system here is... in the map. It's, un, it's under the rug. <laughs> the key is under the, under, the, under the mat, usually. It's under the mat. With Mr. Wizard. I always leave the key under the mat for people who are going to drive my car. Look, guys, forget it. I'll just get something else. I'll, All right, I'll, I'll go for a Peugeot. <laughs> Try that. Mr. Wizard, best of luck to you, and thank you very much for calling in. Steph, um, we need some music now for someone who does not know how to make large consumer purchases. Maybe something in a minor key. Wizard went back to his room. There he built a sort of magical compass with which to find the crystal. Instead of pointing north, this compass would point to the crystal. Look, it works. It's pointing to the crystal. Anyway, it's pointing to something. And if I turn this way, it points again. And I turn. I turn. It points and points and points. Craftsmanship on this thing. I'm a terrific wizard when I concentrate. 
With the magic compass, the wizard started out in search of the crystal. Look at the way this thing works. <laughs> yeah. The needle of the compass this pointed, way. and the wizard walked in whatever direction it pointed. Meantime, at the pond, the compass led the wizard out of the city, past fields and farms, and into a forest. I appear to be in the middle of some big forest. I hadn't counted on this. I don't like forests. They're full of scary things. Oh, Zeus, what's that? Oh, Zeus and Buddha! There are huge animals of some kind here, probably dangerous. Oh, no, what can they be? It's just a moose and a rabbi. Stop behaving in that infantile manner. A moose and a rabbi? A talking moose? A blue moose? And the rabbi is sort of a charcoal gray. Only my suit. The actual me is, is sort of off pink. Who are you, and what are you doing here? An idiotic question. As a moose, I belong here. This is my habitat naturel. My companion, Nathan of the North, is a well-known woodsman, trapper, prospector, and conservative Jewish rabbi. He's helping me select and chop down a Christmas tree. I have opposable thumbs. My friend just has hoofs. Also, I know the appropriate blessing for fir trees. And uh, what is a wizard doing in the middle of the forest? I'll tell you, but remember, even moose lips sink ships. I am hot on the trail of a certain magic crystal. Don't tell me you believe in that stuff. <laughs> a magic crystal. Shame on you. Look, I'm a wizard. I know about these things. It so happens this crystal will make whoever owns it happy. You want to be happy? Sure. Why? Why do I want to be happy? That's right. Why not? I mean, why wouldn't I want to be happy? Ah, a worthy topic. Happy. You desire to be happy, but what is happiness? What makes a man truly happy? There are a number of learned commentaries on the subject. I can quote some of them. Uh, please don't. Oh. Look, I'd better be going. What time is it? Oh, nearly 29 minutes past the hour. If you stick around, we'll only have to round up seven moose for evening prayers. Oh, really, I, I better be on my way. Nice meeting you. What was he talking about? He's one of those New Age types. You, you mean a hepcat? That's right. Seemed like a nice fellow. The wizard continued through the forest. Because he was looking at the magic compass while he walked, the wizard bumped into a lot of trees and fell in some holes in the forest. When he came to the frog pond, he fell in that too. Look at that. The needle is going crazy. The wizard climbed out of the pond and walked all around it. As he walked, the needle moved, always pointing to the middle of the pond. If this instrument is working right, it would appear that I've located the crystal. It has to be in the middle of this pond. What I need now is some kind of net. I can fashion something out of local materials. There, a long-handled net. Now I just wade out into the pond. 
scoop. Got it on the first try. How easy it is to get the thing which will make you happy. When the frogs saw this, they got very excited. Hey, look, that guy took our crystal. He's got our crystal. Get that crystal back. Go get him. Go get him. It's a wizard. The frogs started after the wizard. They hoped to get their crystal back, but frogs are slow and wizards are fast. I've got it. I've got it. I've got the thing which will make me happy. Some frogs are chasing me. Wonder what they want. No time to stop and find out. I run home fast as a lizard, fast as a blizzard, fast as a wizard or some other fast thing. I lock myself inside my house, safe inside with my wonderful crystal. From now on, I will always be happy. When the frogs reached the wizard's house, it was night, and he was inside with the door locked. Look at him through the window. Yeah, look at him in there lounging. He's a regular lounge wizard. Ribbit, he's got our crystal. You know what's really nasty? He stole our crystal on Christmas Eve. Ooh, that dirty wizard. Hey, do frogs celebrate Christmas? Oh, that's not the point. It's just a tacky thing for anybody to do. Through the window, the frogs could see the crystal shining on the table. The wizard tucked himself into bed and went to sleep. He dreamed of being happy always. The frogs did not know what to do. They sat in a circle around the wizard's house and sang a song to help themselves think. What to do? What to do? Think hard. Think hard. What to do? What to do? What to do? Think hard. Of course, being frogs, thinking did not come easy to them. But they sang resolutely and tried to think. They sang of their home in the pond. They sang of the sun and the stars. They sang all through the night. The wizard never woke up, but he heard the frogs in his sleep and dreamed of frogs and stars and lily pads. And while the frogs sang. And the wizard dreamed. Magic happened. The room in which the wizard was sleeping changed. The house of the wizard changed. The wizard changed. Night ended, and morning came. Look at this cute little pond. I never noticed it before. Wasn't there a house here yesterday? It's one of those vest pocket parks. Very nice.、Mm. The city must have torn down the house that used to be here. I think a wizard or somebody used to live in it. The wizard's house was gone. In its place was a pond. When the wizard woke up, he was not unhappy anymore. He was not a wizard anymore either. He was a frog. I feel pretty good. In the pond, all the frogs were happy. There was enough to eat. There were logs and lily pads to sit on. No danger ever came to the pond. At night, the frogs would sing.
At the bottom of the pond, the crystal shone brighter than ever before. I am a lot happier than when I was a wizard, but pond life is sort of monotonous. This is as happy as it gets, pal. Now, get ready. The next fly that comes along is yours. And, pal? Yes? Merry Christmas. That radio drama was written and narrated by Daniel Pinkwater, produced by the now-famous Ira Glass, with cameo performances from a bunch of NPR radio personalities who have all disavowed participating in this project. Special thanks to Kara Philbin, Allison Cork, and Franz Osario. And by the way, we love our new home on the This Is NPR blog. Next month, there is no denying it, it's the start of the last year of the 80s. I'm Carrie Thompson, and you're listening to Playback. <laughs>